This podcast may not be suitable for young listeners. We discuss very emotional topics and at times use grown-up language. Each episode could contain content that may be triggering to some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to The Secret in My DNA. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm your host, Michelle Perret. The Secret in My DNA is a podcast where NPEs and MPEs can share their stories. NPE is an acronym for Not Parent Expected or Non-Paternal Event. MPE means Misattributed Parental Event. This means that we've discovered that at least one assumed parent is not our biological parent. In 2016, I found out I was an NPE after taking an ancestry DNA test, and suddenly life as I knew it was no longer the same. On this podcast, we share the experience of making our DNA discovery and what the journey has been like since. Most people cannot empathize or understand unless they've lived it. I find the podcast platform to be a wonderful way for us to come together as a supportive community in which we can heal from the trauma and take back our narrative by sharing our stories with the hope that this will help others to cope with their new life-altering truth. Welcome to episode 10, Sworn to Secrecy, Crystal's Story. Hi, Crystal. Thank you for joining us tonight. Hi, Michelle. Thank you for having me. It's wonderful to have you. We made a few attempts at doing this, and the third time seems to be a charm. (laughs) (laughs) Had a couple catastrophes happen. (laughs) So the first time we tried to record, um, Crystal had some technical difficulties on her end. And then the second time we were set to record, my four-year-old decided to break her arm at school. And um, I ended up having to cancel with Crystal because we were in the ER for 10 hours dealing with that. And so now we have, the stars seem to have aligned and we're finally able to do this. Yes. I think one other time too, you were sick. I think you were like getting over a cold, your voice you said you didn't have to. So it's been, I think this is the fourth time. Oh my goodness. (laughs) I think you're right. I am remembering that. That was a while ago. Yes. My daughter and I now remember we had upper respiratory stuff, thankfully not COVID at that time. Um, But yeah, I remember completely losing my voice for several days. And I was like, yeah, I guess I probably can't record a podcast if I don't have a voice. So fourth time is the charm, I guess. (laughs) Um, So Crystal, would you like to start by telling the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. Uh, My name's Crystal. I'm going to leave out my last name for privacy reasons. Um, I'm 38 years old. I am a personal trainer and graphic designer. Um, I have competed in powerlifting competitions um, since probably 2015 or so. And I was ranked nationally uh, for my deadlift and my total. Um, I... Grew up in Pennsylvania, lived in West Virginia, and now I'm in Ohio. And it sounds like a lot, but they're actually all within like an hour's radius. So it's not that big of a distance, but (laughs) very close by in three different states. Um, One of the 
things that I kind of wanted to bring up in the beginning for like the privacy reason, just to put this out there was that uh, my birth certificate father still does not know about my MP status. So I understand there's always that risk of um, him finding out, which kind of left me a little torn on doing a podcast, but I feel like I'm at a point in my life that I deserve to be able to speak my truth. And I'm not letting anyone else take that away from me anymore. So that was like a main reason why I wanted to do this podcast. And I know it will help a lot of other people who probably who are experiencing the same thing because these podcasts for me have meant so much and they really have helped me through some really tough times and just being able to relate with others out there that are going through similar experiences. Very true. How do you think he would react if he did find out? Um, I would hope that he wouldn't find out from a podcast, but <laughs> I, I would like to say my birth certificate father still would accept everything and love me regardless. I think he'd be hurt. He's still with my mother. So I think that's a lot of the reason why my mother doesn't want me to tell him. And, but I also feel like that's her responsibility and not my responsibility. True. So she has sworn you to secrecy at this point. Pretty much. And, and it isn't even... It kind of makes me sad to say this because I don't necessarily think my mom is a bad mom or, and I understand a lot of where she comes from with her traumas and mental health issues, but it doesn't even feel like I get any empathy from her. Like it's all, she wants me to see why she did this. She thinks everything she's done for me is the good, like for the good for me instead of letting me have a choice in anything. And at my age, like it still feels that way. And it's, it's sad to me that our relationship, I, I don't even feel like she really knows who I am. And do you think at some point, if she does not come forward with the truth to your birth certificate father, that you will take that role on and do that yourself? Yes, I it's in my heart. I just feel like he has the right to know. And I really don't think it's going to change our relationship. It might change my mother and his relationship. <laughs> but I I was raised an only child, so I'm really all they have. And he raised me like he was always there for me like supportive and I just I I feel like he deserves to know. He really does. One thing that I say very often when I'm speaking with other fellow NPEs is that the life choices that resulted in your existence is not your responsibility or obligation to keep secret. And you deserve to live your truth and speak about your truth. I think something that our mothers, um, the mothers that are not willing to tell the truth or that want to kind of hide behind the secret seem to forget is that it's, it's not actually the truth that does the harm. It's the lies that are told 
to conceal it. And it sounds to me like that's something you're living right now. Yeah, unfortunately, it feels like that's an ongoing theme too with my mother. Like I've always been the like real open and honest and I just feel like that's the best way to live your life is like, how can you keep up with your own stories if everything you say is a lie? And unfortunately, her family came from a lot, very secretive family. And I know that's a part of that's all she knows to do. But at what point are you not realizing how much you're missing out on and you're not living your life authentically in any means? I mean, I could count off four or five different secrets she still has to this day that I don't even understand why she holds on to them. They just seem like childish to me. Well, I think sometimes there's a lot of fear of facing those things. There's a lot of fear of accountability consequences. Those are tough things, but at some point, especially when the choices that you've made or the, or the lies that you're keeping are affecting the people that you love the most, it's time to step up and hold yourself accountable and realize that the choices that you make directly affect those that you love, especially your own children. That's completely true. That's how I feel too. So tell me um, how and when did you discover that you um, are an NPE? So I actually took a 23andMe test back in May of 2017. So it's been a while. And, um, I just took it just because I kind of wanted to know my, like the typical, I just want to know my heritage. And I knew I was kind of like a Heinz 57, a mix is what my like grandma said. And I knew it would be like European, but I just wasn't exactly sure where, where I exactly came from. So I remember getting the results back and there was one really odd thing that came back. It said that I was 50% German. Now that was the only like European country I didn't think I had any DNA from. So back, I'm going to backtrack. When I was a child, I was obsessed with German culture and I had no reason to be obsessed with it. Like I took in middle school, they had you take, um, you could test out of English and do German, French, and Spanish. And I fell in love with German. So I've actually been to Germany. So when I got this news of 50% German, I was just like excited and happy and like, wow, it's, I felt like I knew all along, like maybe a part of me, like how did I have this draw to German culture and the language and everything? And I'm 50% German. So I was really excited about it. And I really didn't like overthink it or anything. I just was like, I kind of made excuses, I guess, in my head, like, well, maybe they're not where they think they're from. Like it's close by. Cause I really thought I had a lot of Polish and I had a little bit of Polish. So it wasn't like completely like it, it couldn't, it still made sense. Like it could still work. So I didn't really know about right then about how you could see relatives and stuff. When I signed up for it, I didn't even know that that, that happened that way on the app. So I received a message in September of 2018 from a first cousin. And um, 
she just was like messaging and saying how we're first cousins and asking who my parents are. And she kept trying to like message me and figure out how we were related. And I, in my head, so I was thinking my mother does not know who her, like a lot about her biological mother's family. When she was a little girl, um, her mom ran out on them her and her siblings. So she had five other siblings and she was probably around eight or nine years old. My mom was the second oldest and she left them. So I don't know a lot about that family whatsoever. So whenever that popped up, I'm like, well, maybe this is my mom's side of the family. And I kept just wanting to really relate it to that. So fast forward to um, August of 2019. So a year later, that same cousin wrote me again and said that her father and her sister did a test too, and that we're all related. So they were all confused and trying to figure it out. And I'm still like in my head, like, okay, well, I, I think I messaged them. Like, I'm going to try to get my mom to do a DNA test. So we can figure this out. And like, it, it's weird. These, this whole family's here. And, um, I think it was yeah, not then let me go forward. So December of 2019, I told my mom, I told my cousin to wait, I'm going to get my mom a DNA test. So I got my mom a 23 and me test for Christmas that year. And my mother took the test. At this point, you're still thinking this has to do with your mom's side of the family. Yes. I'm still thinking this is all from my mom's side of the family. Now, I didn't know that when, you're, when your biological parent takes a test, it splits up who is from what side at that time. So in March of 2020, I'm pretty sure I think my mom ended up, that's, she waited till after Christmas. She waited a couple of months. And then when she got the results, it showed that split. Now we were like, she was really excited because she also didn't know a lot about her father's heritage and her mom. So we talked a lot about it, about the 23andMe. And I asked her one time when we were, um, we got lunch one day, I was like, do you know this family? Because this whole family's popping up on my, as my relatives. And I don't know who these people are. And she didn't say anything, just, I didn't really think of it as anything unusual, but she, she never said anything then that's, that moment is going to become important later whenever I keep, keep going with my story. So, um, after I had a lot going on in my life, then, um, I, I'm, I'm married to a wonderful woman, um, and, She's been like so supportive through everything. And we were just starting like to like buy our new house and my like, so I didn't really pay a ton of attention to anything. And then 2020 happened. So it kind of slow pulled the reins for everyone. So I think it was actually after I was actually supposed to do a powerlifting meet for a charity function in March of 2020 and it, or May of 2020. And it ended up getting canceled because of COVID. So 
I was in a kind of just like a weird spot with 2020 going on. We were just trying to survive really. And so when 2021 came about, I really started getting into this 23 and me test again. And I want, I remember sitting on the couch one night with my wife and I was trying to understand how I would have this family, like where I knew it was not coming from my mom now at this point. I'm like, this is on my dad's side. So the only way it could be is if my grandparents like had an affair and they have some other kid out there. And it was the first time I'll never forget the moment I said, or my dad isn't my dad. And it like hit me like a ton of bricks. (laughs) And it was like, I wasn't even emotional really in the moment, but because a part of me, I wasn't even that surprised. I, I wasn't, but just say something about saying that out loud, it, it just becomes so much more real. Isn't it amazing all the places that our mind will go to avoid going there first? It really is. Like you want to believe that your grandparents had an affair, just not that it could be the other. Oh yeah. Like I, I first was like, oh, this must, this must have something to do with migration patterns from like generations <laughs> ago, hundreds of years ago. And then I was like, oh, you know, somebody must've had an affair like generations ago, or somebody must've been adopted. Um, and they were Italian and, you know, I was making all kinds of justifications for it because I didn't want to go there, you know? Exactly. <laughs> so And that moment, me and my wife were just like talking about things. So she was like, why don't you message that cousin again and just try to talk to her and see if you can figure some things out. So I was like, okay. And surprisingly, like I hardly went on the app. So I would, that's why there were so many big gaps between, we would exchange messages and there'd be tons of time between. Well, that particular night, she wrote me right back. And she, we were like, let's just exchange cell phone numbers. And we, cause she said she had a theory of what she thought it was. And I was like, okay, let's, let's do that. So I actually had my wife messaging because I was so anxious and I just wasn't in the right headspace to be able to have a conversation about that right then. Um, And we basically, she gave me the theory that it could be one of her uncles because she knew it wasn't her dad. He was popping up as my uncle on there. And she kind of thought it was one, but said there was a chance it could have been one of the others too. And actually they were talking about it, their family at Christmas time prior, but she didn't want to be the one to bring it like up to me. I think, I think she was waiting for me to like figure it out and approach her. And I mean, she's been an angel in all of this. I, I'm so thankful for her because I might, it might've taken me, well, it would have taken me a lot, lot longer to figure everything out if it wasn't for her. So I'm very thankful. Um, her and her sister ended up, we decided we'd meet up for lunch one day with my wife and we just talk about things. And I really, I'm, I'm glad I did this because I didn't bring it up to my mom purposefully. I wanted some time to try to get all the facts that I could together before I approached her because I didn't want 
to me, I was afraid she was either going to deny it, lie about it. So I wanted to make sure I was pretty certain in my story before I brought it up to her. So now, did you live in the in the general vicinity of this newfound family in the same area? Yes, actually, they were from where I was from in PA whenever I was raised. So I was raised in PA. I lived in West Virginia for my like high school life a little bit after that, and then have been in Ohio for about six years. Okay. All right. So they were in PA, which was, it's about an hour difference, but um, I'm very familiar with the areas because I grew up in them and I have families. So even from my mother's side and my my birth certificate father's side. So how did that meetup go? It went really well. I was so nervous. Like I remember us like in the parking lot. I didn't know whether to wait in the parking lot or get a table. Like we got there first and I just was like, I can't even explain how nervous I was. And it honestly, Michelle, like I can't even believe it because like almost the moment I was, I think I was just so worried about how they would be with me, but almost the moment I saw them, it felt like family. (laughs) It was so weird. And I can't even like explain it. Like they look like me. Like I went through, I remember my like middle school years, like noticeably like noticing so many characteristics of myself that I never saw in anyone. And I would question them and I would always get, well, my cousin has red hair. So that's why you have red hair. My nose looks nothing like either side of my, my birth certificate, father, my mother's like so many traits. Like I just didn't feel like I like looked like them and looking through all their pictures. It just was like, I, I knew it before I even needed any kind of proof. Like, and my wife too, she just was like, you look identical to your cousin. Like you two could be almost twins. When you know, you know, right? Yeah. So the conversation was great. Like we just, we all were really real with each other and just saying what possibilities. And they were trying to get information about me and stuff too. And we kept up talking um like not i mean we probably talked every week or so for for a few weeks and i think it was so i found out the the time that i said that my dad might not be my dad um that was right before mother's day <laughs> it was 2 days before mother's day And then the time I approached my mom was right before Father's Day. So it was about a month before I went over there and had a talk with her. So my mom only lives probably about 10, 15 minutes from where I live. And I just, I was having so many questions once I started everything unraveling. And we kind of knew which uncle it was, but we wanted, I wanted to make sure. And and I figured at least she could give me that. So I waited, my, my father, my birth certificate father worked shift work. So he sometimes like works long hours and stuff. So I purposely waited for a time. I knew he would be at work and me and my wife would go over and talk to my mom. Well, plot twist. I 
whenever I got there, he was sleeping upstairs and she told me the wrong schedule. So, but I was already in that frame of like, I already talked myself into it. I was like, I, I told Sarah whenever I was there, that's my wife, that if I was like, I have to do it right now. Like, I can't wait. Like it, it just has to happen. So we found an air, like an area where I knew like he wouldn't hear anything. And I remember sitting across from her and saying, I don't think dad is my dad. And she broke down, just started bawling. And I will give it to her for, well, she was honest with me. She didn't try to deny it. She didn't try to make up a story or say no. Um, She told me that she didn't know until I showed her the results of who those cousins and stuff were on the 23andMe app when we were at the restaurant. She said when she saw the last name, she said her heart just sunk and it took everything in her not to like lose it. And she did apologize for keeping it from me that long, but she claimed that she didn't know prior, prior to that. Now, I don't know if I exactly believe everything because there's just some loops in her story. She pretty, she explained to me what happened and she said that it was a one night stand. Um, Her and my birth certificate father weren't married. They were, I think on again, off again. And Um, She said she met up with this guy that she knew from high school. He was a few years younger than her. He didn't know she was married, that he was married at the time and had a child at home and a pregnant wife at home. So I have a half brother that is the same age as me. And they went to the same school as me. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's kind of scary when you think about it, because what if... Since you went to the same school, not knowing that this was your brother, what if you had dated him? I know. I think about that all the time. I mean, that's kind of freaky. It really is. And it, I mean, it's kind of freaky just like knowing your. I looked in a yearbook and one brother was a grade above me. One was a, a grade below me. And we're all in the same yearbook. It's just, it's wild. Like, I can't even wrap my head around all of it. My jaw is on the floor right now. <laughs> I, just, I can't even, I can't even, oh my God. So, so back to, sorry, my mom's story. And she said that um, they had a one night stand at a bar and that his, so their mother, who would have been, my biological father's wife at the time found her, my mom's phone number in his pocket that night from the bar. And I guess she tried going after my mother, her and her friends. So it's, (laughs) I'll I'll have to go back to that story too. (laughs) There's a lot of like fast forward and back. So I'm trying to just stay in one place right now. But the the part that makes me kind of wonder if she really didn't know was she claims that after I was born, that she 
saw him at a bar and showed him a picture of me and said there was a chance that I could be his. And the, he said the dates don't line up and I only make boys. So if she approached him after I'm born, how did she not know? I mean, I'm guessing maybe she just put it out of her mind. I don't, I really don't know. <laughs> I mean, obviously our moms know that they have had sex with more than one person in a short time span to where there's, there's going to be more than one candidate. Yeah. So she had to have known that. M I don't know, maybe when she says she didn't know, she means, like, I couldn't know definitively which one was the actual father. It's just hard for me to believe, especially, like, after seeing me, like, at some point, I would think there had to have been time she had to have questioned it herself. Now, maybe she didn't allow her brain, like, our brains do wild things, like, in the discovery, I didn't, I tried to think of any other way than that. So maybe her brain just kind of does the same thing just to hide her secret so she doesn't have to face it. Denial is very powerful. Yes, it is. Ooh, so where did it go from there with your mom? So she did confirm that it was the guy that we thought the uncle, which would have been, they had a, they have a really big family. They have six, like six brothers and four sisters. So he is the youngest of all of them. And she did confirm it was that. So I knew at that point that I had two half brothers and a half sister. And honestly, out of everything, that was the coolest thing for me being raised an only child. And I, it's so weird at the place in my life. It's him. I hate to find out now, but at the same time, I feel like I'm probably in the best mental space I have ever been in to be able to handle it. Um, which, so I'm grateful for that. But I was, I was having thoughts of like, we're aging and like, at some point it's just going to be me and my wife. Cause both of us are only children. So we don't have any siblings and then getting this bomb dropped on me and they are like the light <laughs> at the end of the tunnel and have been amazing, honestly, throughout this whole <laughs> experience. So I'm, I'm thankful that I have siblings, <laughs> if anything. And have you gotten to meet your half siblings? Yes, I have. So I actually, after that conversation with my mom, once I had the details um, all together, I messaged on Facebook, one of my brothers, and he actually wrote me back. So we were having some conversation back and forth and I could tell he believed me, but he also wanted to have DNA proof like with him just to like make sure, which I completely understood. Um, so it was the weekend of father's day and my cousin, the first cousin that initially I talked to invited me over their house. Um, they were going to have like a little father's day get together and her, it was her sister's birthday. So I went over there and I was kind of hoping maybe my half brother would be there. Cause I told him I was going and he doesn't show up, but he messages me and says, if you want to on like on your way home, would you mind stopping by my house and I'll, I'll talk with you? 
And I was like, yes, like I, I, me and Sarah were just waiting for that to be able to just have a conversation with him. So we swung by his house and we talked for hours and hours and he was brutally honest, but also so loving and even to the point, like he told me, none of this is your fault. He's right. He's very right. And that, that's a lot like from him that has meant so much. And he didn't sugarcoat how his dad was. <laughs> he wasn't surprised by his dad's actions. How how did your birth father end up finding out about this? And tell us a little bit about what that's been like, like what his reaction was and how he has dealt with it. So um, my half-brother basically told me that my biological father is very aggressive, abusive, um, they went through periods of their life where they didn't speak and he recently let him back in his life for his kids, but he didn't agree with how he was handling the situation. And he basically just wanted to deny it and say like, she probably, it could have been anyone's kid, like not take any kind of acceptance or responsibility. So even in the face of DNA testing, he still is denying it. Well, at that point, we didn't have any like DNA like directly resulted for, from him yet. So fast forward um, around me and me and my brothers, I, I actually started hanging out with them more after that. Um, they, I've gotten really close. I was getting really close with my nieces and nephews and um, we met up and did a few things, but we didn't know yet. Um, my oldest brother wanted to do a DNA test, but he wanted to tell his father ahead of time before doing it, give him that respect. Um, unfortunately, he ended up, I think he took the DNA test and showed him the results and the biological father got pissed because he took the test. So he, they stopped talking to each other to the point of he cut his own children and grandchildren off because of my oldest brother doing the right thing. What do you think he's so afraid of? I honestly don't know, Michelle, because... It's so like the rest of the family has been so accepting. I have been to so many family functions and they're like huggy and lovey and like they don't they they accept me for me. They don't they're they're like me. It it just feels like family like I said before like just being around them. It was like immediate. And I it takes me a little while sometimes to be comfortable in situations like with new people and stuff. And I just felt like at home every time I've been around them and it it's great. But um I don't know why he just doesn't why he's holding on to the not, not accepting any of it. Was the night that he had with your mom consensual on her part? 
that you know of? I believe so. Now, the kind of weird Brian, my oldest brother, my oldest half brother, he confirmed the story that I said earlier that he remembers, he talked to his mom and she remembers my mother's name from that uh, note that was in his pocket the night he came home from the bar. So for, I think that was like a term for Brian. I think his own mom telling him that was like enough before he even took the DNA test. Like he knew it was real, but he still wanted to do that. And so he got his results back. It was around my birthday, which is like the first week of August. And he immediately told me and showed me, and he's been a man of his word. He told his kids Mm -hmm. that I was his aunt. And I got the most sweetest phone call from my nephew. He called me up and it was weird because I'm used to getting texts from my brother, but not like calls. So my phone rang and I'm like, oh, this is weird. We were just leaving out the door, me and Sarah. And I was like, my brother's calling. Give me a second. I missed it. So I called him back and it's this little like nine-year-old voice on the other line. And he's just like, Crystal my dad told me that you're my aunt (laughs) and and my heart just like exploded. (laughs) It was the most sweetest thing ever. And I was like, yeah. And I was like, are you happy about that? And he was like, I'm, I'm just a little confused. And I was like, we all, we all are, (laughs) but it was just so, so sweet. (laughs) And it's such a special moment. Like I'll never forget that. Join the club, kid. We're all confused. <laughs> oh, boy. That's really amazing. It it makes my heart very happy for you that um, you have newfound family members who were so welcoming and opened their arms to you. And because that fear of rejection is always there. And of course, you are, you know, getting that currently from your birth father. And so it it's nice to at least to have other family members that are welcoming and accepting and, um, and who aren't rejecting the truth. So what is the current status with the birthright? Now he, one question that I thought of earlier is the woman that he's married to now, is that his, who he's been married to all this time, who he had the affair on, or is this a different wife? Um, this is a different wife. So to explain that he, was married um, to my two brothers' mother. Um, And then he got remarried to my sister's mother. And now he is with a woman that he has no children with. Okay. Okay. Now the whole family is pretty close. So he is with... um, the his third wife who he has no children with okay how does she feel about this whole situation so i have not met her yet but from what i've heard through the family is she is not happy with his actions and she feels like he's not handling this right and um I'm not a hundred percent sure, but I've heard that she actually had a, another experience as one of her exes. I think the same thing happened and they had a child out there as well, which is crazy. (laughs) 
it's becoming more and more common. I mean, now yeah. now that these direct to consumer DNA tests are um, so mainstream and so popular, more and more and more family secrets are being uncovered. And and now it's like you can't swing a dead cat without hitting an NPE. That's that's true though. I mean, I've even in some of the forums, like on Facebook and stuff, I've ran into someone. I'm in a kind of a smaller town, not like a giant city. So like I found a couple people that are actually close by me. And I never thought I'd ever see anyone near like where I lived inside the forums and stuff. So that that's pretty cool too. Just to have others like close by. Yeah. And it's especially nice to have those forums and those groups where you feel like you can safely talk about your story and they actually understand. And um, it's kind of just a safe space to, to share and not be alone in our journey. Yeah. You know, I, I really enjoy them so much. That was like such a big part of my healing. I feel like through, through this, just even be able to get some emotions out that you might just necessarily like, for instance, I put a post on there about my mother and just like my relationship with her. And like, it just feels so good to be understood and not, not like you're trashing your mom. Like you're, you're just saying how you feel and you're getting that being heard back. Cause I feel like a lot of us MPEs have that similar storyline where we don't feel like we've been heard our whole life. And just having that support of each other that shows how valuable being heard it really is. Yeah. And then, you know, inevitably a lot of times for us, we are shamed into silence, you know? And so it's nice to have other people that can hear us, you know, fully and that understand, you know, what it feels like and, how traumatic it is because this is super traumatic for everyone that has experienced this. It's a very traumatic discovery. Um, and it really, you know, upends our entire existence, no matter where you are in life, you know, even if you are in, in the happiest time of your life where everything has come together and you're, you know, really at peace with a lot of things in your life and you're, you know, you might be successful and in a wonderful relationship and all of a sudden this happens and it doesn't matter how happy you are and how successful life is in that moment. It flips everything upside down. Yeah. I, I truly felt that. Besides the forums um, and support groups, um, what else have you found to be helpful in the processing of all this and in the healing um, part of things just in this short time that you have known about being an NPE? Um, so I almost immediately started therapy when I found out. Um, and I initially did it through like one of those like app services. And I didn't really feel like I was getting as much support as I probably needed. So I kind of like looked online a little bit better for NPE type therapists and I found um, an EMDR therapist that I love, and it's been so wonderful, and I, I feel like so helpful, and I'm glad I'm really doing that right now, because I, I know it, how far I've already come just in therapy, so it's been very valuable. But on a personal like level, working out is a very big thing for me. 
I'm a very athletic person. And that's actually part of my story too, is I've always been super athletic. I'm a personal trainer. I've always like been able to excel in sports and I never knew where that came from. And my biological father is like almost made it into the NFL. He's very athletic. Like they were telling me stories of him, like picking up these big jug things and just moving them. And they're like 600 pounds and stuff. So like with my power lifting and everything, it was really cool just hearing about that and knowing like where it came from. Cause I, I just leave in my body shape is just different than both of my, my parents are very skinny and thin and I've always been a little more bulky and muscular. <laughs> so that was, so a lot of those things are now making so much sense to you. Yes. And it's cool. Like I've always had that love for it and neither of my parents that I grew up with did and I still found a way to it. So it took me a little bit longer to get into the personal training. I tried doing graphic design for many years and I hated being stuck at a computer. So I still do graphic design stuff like on the side and here and there, but I, I just love personal training and it's definitely my passion. That's awesome. And what is your relationship like now with your mom and what do you think the relationship would be like at some point if your birth certificate father finds out or if you end up having to be the one to tell him? So my relationship with my mom right now, so it's been less than six months since I have found all of this out. And I mean, only heard from her for like less than four months, so really knowing the truth of it. And I've been through a lot of ups and downs and back and forth in my head just because I feel, and it almost makes me feel selfish and I know I shouldn't, but I feel so much better just not being around her right now. Like I, I know she can kind of probably tell I'm kind of more standoffish and just, I almost try to just be too busy, but it just, it makes me uncomfortable being around her. I don't, I feel like almost like a fraud and I hate that I'm, I just met these new people that are my family and I feel like they know me better and accept me more for who I am than my whole family that has known me my entire life. And unfortunately, the situation I'm in with my mom having to keep a secret, I'm just waiting for any moment for her to find out that I like if I, she knew that I told her stepmom, I'd probably get reamed a new asshole. <laughs> like I'm just in a new space where I, like I said earlier, like I'm not hiding who I am. And these people were posting things on social media. If people figure it out, I'm, I'm not doing anything to stop it. It's not, I, I don't want to hide anymore. This is me. And it's on her to be able to come out about this. Now, the thing with my father, I I really have a strong desire. I want him to know because I believe that he has the right to know. And there's a lot of circumstances surrounding it that I take into account. Um, I'm super duper close with his parents. My grandparents are still alive. Um, 
my grandfather's 92 and my grandma's in her late eighties. Um, and I just personally, I don't feel like it's worth the stress on them to know. And to me, it doesn't take anything away. They're, they're amazing people and they really helped raise me and keep stability more in my life than anyone did. So I'm so thankful to have those relationships. Um, but I would love to have a conversation with my dad one day. Now I, I kind of go about, I think about telling my mom like, Hey, not like an ultimatum, but like, if you don't tell him by this time, I'm going to like, <laughs> yeah, like a timeline, like, look, mom, yeah. here, here's the timeline. Like I, you know, at some point, by this time, if you haven't gone full disclosure with him, I'm going to have to have a sit down and talk to him. And her panic is, I you can do it when I die. That's what she told me. <laughs> well, it's not really her choice, you know. Yeah. And I just feel like, it. wouldn't it be so horrible for him to find out from someone other than her or me? Like... I just feel like that's traumatic in itself. <laughs> yeah. I agree. I agree. It's a tough spot to be in. It really it really is. It's a spot you shouldn't be in. It's a spot you should not have to be in. Yeah. Um and it's something I like I shouldn't have to worry about and I do. Like I worry about my posts on Facebook and seeing having my dad's brothers are both on there and what if they see something or put two and two together? And how do I know that my dad, my birth certificate father, might not have had the same feelings that I had growing up? Because we never have been like very emotionally close with each other. And maybe like that was missing for him and it would give some clarity to his life. Like my mom just doesn't even give a chance for, she's always in like self-preservation mode and never gives a chance for anything to even happen because she'd rather just like protect, protect, protect at all costs. And I just feel like that's not the way life is. You can't live that way. That's not living. <laughs> I absolutely, I absolutely agree that what you said about self-preservation is, is all too common in these stories. And, um, you know, one thing also to just kind of brace yourself for is that, you know, if at some point, um, you do end up having to be the one to disclose this to your, uh, birth certificate father, just prepare for your mother's reaction and her need to do damage control at that point. And oftentimes, and I'm, and I don't know if this would necessarily happen, but it is a very common thing is that when somebody is in damage control mode about something like this, um, they're very good at manipulating other family members to turn against you and to believe their story. And they're very, very good at playing the victim. So just kind of keep that in mind, brace yourself for it. Um, because it is all too common. I, I do. I feel like most of the time I'm walking on eggshells and waiting for something to blow up under my feet with my mom. Like I miss every like call or text I get from her. I'm just waiting. Like, why did you tell this person or what? Like I'm, 
And it's just so unfair to be put in that situation when I, I didn't ask to be born. <laughs> I didn't even know any of this happened before, <laughs> you know, like. Do you think that your mom would ever consider going to some therapy sessions with you and talking about this with a therapist? So I've thought about that, like bringing that up with her, because in the past I have brought up um, her going to therapy because she struggles mentally and she takes a lot of antidepressants and stuff to kind of numb the pain, but she doesn't ever get to the root of the problems or wanting to fix it. And in the past, she's told me that she doesn't want to go into that dark place or confront her past or anything. So I don't know with all of this changing, if it could change anything, or if I kind of present it as like, if you want to have like a closer relationship with me, like maybe it would be a good idea to do therapy. I wouldn't even mind doing it honestly with her if she would be open to that. And maybe for just this specific situation, it wouldn't necessarily need to be a delve into those other things. Maybe it could be um, presented to her in a way of, hey, you know, I have a therapist that would, would like to speak to both of us and help us together come up with a healthy way to have a conversation with dad in a way that would not damage us as a family and that we could work through this in the healthiest way possible. Um, you know, cause a, a therapist is going to be very good at helping you, you guys navigate that and, and, um, you know, the right things to say and, um, you know, how to deal with the, you know, subsequent emotions that are going to, you know, come, you know, from that, but maybe just as a way to, you know, just to have a therapist kind of be a, um, sort of like a guideline for a mediator. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, maybe if your mom saw it as a, well, a therapist could, you know, definitely help me to see how my daughter's feeling and help me find a healthy way to talk to my husband about this. Um, and also validate you, you know, because she really does need to validate you, Crystal, and what you're going through, um, and what she has put you through. Um, and of course, you know, swearing you to secrecy while you're trying to deal with all this is incredibly unhealthy. Um, so, you know, I mean, that could be maybe a way to present it to her to say, Hey, I'd like to go to some therapy sessions with you. It doesn't have to be about your past. It doesn't even have to be about mental health issues. We could just make it about this particular situation and what's the healthiest way to navigate this and bring the necessary parties in on the truth. Yeah, that would be, I would be so open to that if she would do that. I mean, I did one time try to just have a conversation with her and I thought maybe, maybe some things had changed and I'd be able to talk to her about some of my feelings and stuff because I've always kind of not been good at that and always kind of like hid my own feelings. So I tried to have a conversation with her one night and it ended up in a screaming match. So didn't go so well. And it, it seems like anytime I bring up about like, I won't even say that I'm going to tell my birth certificate father, but if we even talk about him ever finding out, she goes straight panic. So it's just like so hard. You can't reason once she gets to the certain point, there's like no reasoning with that. But 
I, I really think if we could get into therapy, if she would be open to it, though, that probably would be the best option. Yeah. And maybe even present it as, I just want to do one session with you, which yeah. may end up, which may end up turning into more as she may, you know, be open to doing more sessions. But sometimes if you just say, I just want to try this one time with you, let's just see how it goes. I really want to connect with you more. I really want to get through this. This is a huge um, shift in my life and something that's really affected me greatly. And I want to learn how to get through this in a healthy way so that it doesn't, you know, destroy our relationship and so that we can, or you can talk to dad, you know, about it. You never know. You never know. It's tough. You have a tough mom. I have a tough mom. I totally, I get it. It's hard to, it's hard to deal with that personality type. And I think like from being raised by them, you almost feel like, you know, how they're going to react ahead of time. Like, and you almost like are waiting for the impact. I know like it makes me feel so on edge all the time. Yeah. When we have reactive parents, um, you're always anticipating how, how they're going to react to something. Um, especially when you have an overly reactive parent. Um, And so you're always, always on edge and you're always kind of anticipating what's going to happen. And you really just kind of know ahead of time. (laughs) And and that's tough, man. That is, that's tough because it really affects us well into our adult lives. It it affects me, you know, I'm 44 years old. It affects me now. Um, It affects you know, me as a mom, me as a wife, you know, I have to, I'm constantly reading situations, over reading situations because I'm so, you know, in tune with how somebody is going to react or any change in their demeanor and their tone and their body language in their breathing in their facial expression. Um, I'm always reading those things because I had to, as a kid, I had to always be very aware Um, and be very, very careful not to set my mother off for my own safety. (laughs) So it it really, that has a a detrimental effect on us all the way into our adult lives. And I think you're still dealing with that too, as an adult. Definitely. And it still, it still surprises me. Sometimes I'll think like, like you said about your relationships now, like, I'm so used to certain reactions when it goes good. I'm almost like surprised that it like, I didn't get the backfire or the, like, I just think that's like a part of us being raised, like in that reactive state, unfortunately. And I've been doing, I feel like I'm in a much better place than I've ever been. And I'm sure I still have a lot more room for growth, but it feels good to kind of feel a little bit out of that and having such like my relationship with my wife is amazing. I'm so, so thankful for her. Like she has been with me like every single step of the way, like meeting my brothers, like, and there's been times like I feel bad because like we've been over there till like midnight or like late and she doesn't complain, doesn't, ever like just is completely supportive. So like, I'm so thankful that again, that I have her in my life. That's, that's huge to have someone in your corner like that. 
It absolutely is. I'm so, so glad that you have her. She sounds absolutely wonderful. She is. (laughs) If your mom was listening to this right now, what would you want to say to her? That's a tough one. Uh, I just, I guess I wish you would try to understand how it affected me too. And I didn't know half of who I am. And that might not sound like a big deal. And I I know maybe if I would have had my biological father, things could have been a lot worse. Like, and I'm very thankful for my birth certificate father. It's not that I'm not grateful for my childhood or unappreciative. And I love my birth certificate father, but it doesn't take away from how this experience made me feel. And finding out from a DNA test and not you, like, it's just, that's, it's just not fair. And I think if you were in my shoes, you would, you would want that fairness as well. You, and I know you want me to think about you in this situation, but this is who I am. Like it created me. I hope one day soon you have the opportunity to say everything you just said to your mom. I hope she responds with empathy, understanding, validation, and a genuine apology. If you end up having to be the one to tell your birth certificate father, what do you think you would say? I I think he would be the same with me. I really don't think he would turn me away or be mad at or like angry or something with me. I think he would always think of me as his daughter. Um, we, like I said before, we never had that close emotional bond. I meant we still were very close and did a lot of things together. Um, he's just a very quiet guy too. So, um, he's just not very emotional in general, (laughs) but I, I really think he would still accept me and love me regardless. And I meant a part of wanting him to know too is it doesn't give me, like, I don't have that chance to heal that until he knows too. Like, it would mean so much to me just to hear him say that you're still my daughter, like from him, not theorize what I think, you know what I mean? Like having him say those words would, would mean a lot. Yeah. Do you think he would forgive your mom? I think he would. I really don't even think he'd probably... I don't think he would have a super horrible reaction. Like, I think he would probably be more sad in the situation. And I'm sure he would have some feelings toward my mom and be a little angry about that and probably wonder why she didn't tell him earlier. And I don't know between them what all has been said through the years. Like, who knows if he ever questioned anything. Um, My mom did tell me that my his father wanted him to do a DNA test before I was born and my dad didn't want to. 
So a part of me does feel good that he did have that opportunity whenever they were dating before they were married and he didn't do it. So he did choose that then. Do you have any advice or guidance for other NPEs who are going through this as well? Uh, Be patient. (laughs) (laughs) It's hard. You're going to want to know everything as soon as you can know anything, but be patient. And sometimes I feel like in my story, the reason why my interactions partially went really well, I think, with my new family was because I really didn't push and I really kind of just let the facts kind of out there. And I think it got time was on my side every time that, like I got to meet my brother's mother. And I have a very close relationship with her now, but at first she wasn't okay with meeting me, but I didn't take that personally. I under, like, that's a lot. Like I'm, I'm sure that's a lot for her. So I don't discredit anyone else's feelings. Like I understand they're going to have to go through their feelings too. So sometimes don't, I know it's hard, but try not to take it personally and just like, just wait. <laughs> Sometimes it it works out in your favor. I think that's wonderful advice. Thank you for that. If there are other NPEs um, who relate to your story, who would like to reach out, um, get to know you, talk to you, is there a way that they can do that? Yes, I'm actually, um, it's kind of funny. I, me and my wife wanted to start a podcast um, and we created this idea before I ever knew I was an NPE. So like I said, I'm a graphic designer and I made a logo up and we were calling this podcast Truth Camp, which is crazy now after finding that out after I made the logo and everything. Um, So after we kind of put the brakes on the project because I needed time, like, and I just didn't feel ready to talk to people on that kind of level and interview people. I just wasn't in the right headspace and we didn't start it, start it yet. So I was like, we can, we have time, we can wait. Um, and we recently just fired it up back up and, um, we recorded our first two episodes. So if anyone wants to reach me, you can look on, um, Instagram it's truth.camp. So T R U T H dot C A M P. And just send a direct message on there and I'll answer it. And um, just let me know that you're an MPE too. (laughs) Because the podcast, the premise of it is everyone has a story to tell. And I I want a a safe space for people to share their truths. That's wonderful. I'm so glad that you're doing that. And I cannot wait to listen. I'm dying for you to send me the link. I know I had messaged you earlier when I saw you posted out on Facebook and I'm like, where's the link? (laughs) I was, I was looking for it on Spotify and I'm like, why am I not finding it? What's going on? (laughs) Yeah. We're still in the process of waiting it to get like approved by all the different platforms. But by the, I don't know if by the time this comes out, it might be out, it might not, but just hold tight. If it isn't, (laughs) it'll be out there soon. I'm excited. I'll definitely be keeping my eyes open. And um, I'm so, Crystal, 
I know it took us some time to finally get to this point to be able to actually record this, but I'm so glad that we finally got to do it. And it has been so amazing to get to know you and hear your story. Um, you're so absolutely authentic. Um, I think a lot of people will, um, just really love hearing the way you tell your story and, um, relate to what you're going through, you know, for sure. And I feel very, um, I don't know, I guess I feel just blessed that you felt that this was a safe place that you trusted me and my space for you to tell your story. And, um, and I just appreciate that. And I appreciate your patience with the process. <laughs> well, I want to thank you for having this safe space too, because like I said earlier, these podcasts, when I first, like when, you know, when you first become an NPE, you think like you're this weird person that no one's going to understand and you're the only one in the world and having to he like a place to hear other people's stories and just our stories are so different, but we go through a lot of the same feelings and emotions and being able to relate. It's so healing and it's so nice and it's so needed. So thank you so much for having like taking your time out to interview people and put these stories out there because they've helped me through some really, really hard times. And I'm sure they've helped a lot of others out there too. Uh, thank you. I appreciate that. It's very therapeutic for me as well. I, I feel like I've met such an amazing community um, in, in doing this. And, you know, I, even six years later, I'm still working through so many of my own emotions, you know, with this. And so it's nice to be able to connect with other people who understand and empathize truly because they know how it feels, yeah. you know. So, um, you know, back when I made my discovery, I felt so super isolated because we didn't have stuff like this. We didn't have the podcasts. That wasn't a really big thing at that point. We didn't have the support groups and stuff on Facebook. And so I felt like I was the only one. And then I began to, as the years went on, I began to realize there's more and more and more people like me out there that are going through this. And they're going to feel the same way. They're going to feel very isolated. And so I really enjoy doing this. And I, I um, have met some truly amazing people on this journey, including you. And, uh, you know, you and I are connected on Facebook and I think on Instagram as well. So I'm so glad to just like have that kind of window into your journey so that as you're, you know, finding out new things and new developments are happening in your story, I can't wait to just kind of be on that ride with you. It's really cool. Thank you. I know that will be so awesome to like, look back. <laughs> Remember when we did that podcast? And... Back to when you were a newbie NPE. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of things have changed since then. <laughs> Yes, it is definitely an ever-changing journey for sure and a roller coaster. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for being with us tonight, Crystal. I It's been a pleasure. Thank you. And now to my listeners. Thank you for tuning in to this episode today. As always, I leave you with an important message. If you are a parent who has not been forthcoming with your child about their true parentage, I urge you to share the truth with them. Withholding this information for any reason will negatively affect your relationship and your child's mental health down the road. 
If you're not sure the best way to reveal the truth, there are qualified therapists that can help you communicate with your child in a healthy way. Our lives are enriched by having parents who are honest with us. Honesty saves a great deal of pain in the future, and it fosters an environment of trust and genuine intimacy between parents and children. Discovering a non-paternal event later in life is very traumatic. We have a right to know where we come from and to know our true ancestry and our mental and physical health history. And while sometimes it's said that the truth can be a double-edged sword, it's far more harmful and damaging to withhold it from the people we love. If you are an NPE and would like to share your story, please email thesecretinmydna at gmail.com. Your story could end up being a survival guide for another NPE who may be struggling or feel alone in their discovery. You do not have to give identifying information, and if you prefer to share your story anonymously, names can be changed or abbreviated for privacy purposes. To hear more amazing DNA discovery stories, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast at anchor.fm slash the secret in my DNA. The Secret in My DNA also has a Facebook page where our NPEs can share photos and updates of their journey, so please go give it a like and a follow. I'm your host, Michelle Perret, signing off till next time.